Very good morning um, and welcome to Arcadum's podcast this week. Uh, as always, great to have Philip and Christian on board. So good morning, chaps. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. All well. Thank you. Uh, now, one of the themes is can be quite a controversial theme um, that we're going to be talking about today, but we definitely feel from where we sit in the industry that uh, we want to have a little talk about it. We want to sort of share our opinions with everybody. Um, so hopefully, you know, everybody, you know, takes it on the chin and what we're going to talk about today. So our theme this week is underage gambling outside of the sort of gambling industry. And we're going to go into, you know, a fair amount of depth. Um, we're not going to try and say too many uh, games providers or whatever else up close and personal, but we want to talk about the subject because we feel it really is necessary that we sort of chip in and, and talk about this ourselves. So let me just dive straight into the first question. The risk of underage kids playing was always a huge problem in the gambling industry, industry in general, right? So how do we feel moving towards online platform has changed or made this problem worse? With gambling in general, it was a problem because I can speak from personal experience. Uh, during the 90s in, in the UK, for instance, I used to be go to the dog track, for instance, with my uncle and my stepdad. And the perception of gambling was just, it's, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's part of the culture. And it was, it was, a, it was a fun day out. And I sometimes actually gambled at age six years old because it, in back in those days, no one generally cared because it was not seen in the perception it is today. And in around the early 2000s, that's when responsible gambling for underage gambling especially came into effect. And even more so with, with online gambling. And now people have, you know, have to verify the dense. Uh, it's, it's really difficult for someone who is underage to gamble online. They can lie about their identity, but eventually they will be caught when they've, you know, when they when they are verified, and then they'll be closed down and etc. etc. So I think for online gambling these days, and even land-based gambling like casinos or bookmakers, or at the dog track or at, at a racing track for horses, you have to prove you're 18. Mm -hmm. So it's come massive leaps and bounds since when I was a kid in in the 90s. But I think with the online sphere, it's actually away from the gambling industry that where the gambling's actually happening and it's because it can be interpreted as not as gambling in so if you like if you if you can twist it your way that's where the problem is actually coming from because again kids unfortunately these days can go play video games or freemium games or on social media where it can be interpreted in a different way so yep. in terms of in law so it's outside the industry's kind of control and there's nothing we can do as an industry to police this because it's completely from us we have no power at all yeah we can't do anything and we need to discuss with governments and legislation bodies to get these some, like rules and regulations in place to protect children um, from this because again it didn't affect me that much when I was a child but it wasn't as crazy as now and once you play a video game and you used to play a video game a kid will come on you know he's 17 today he'll play he'll buy some packs or he'll you know, buy some booster in a game to, to boost his gameplay. And then he turns 18 next day, he's a gateway into gambling and he can legally go and do it. And he thinks he can replicate the stuff that he's been doing in a video game, but there's more on the line this time. And, yeah. you know, it's not it's not a game anymore. Yes, yeah. to, to follow Philip a bit there as well. You know, when we were growing up, there weren't, everybody didn't have a, a smartphone or an iPad available. Now you can even have three-year-olds sitting on an iPad playing games on their parents' accounts. Um, we've all seen these uh, horror stories in a newspaper where some um, youngster doesn't really understand what's happening and rocks up a massive credit card bill on the, the parents' account and they are left in distress and do not know how to move forward. And these are things that we from, from the gambling industry do not want to see because this affects a lot of lives and it puts a, a bad um, 
how do you say just vibe around the whole world mm -hmm. word gambling and, and games just one thing i just want to just briefly just go back a, a half a step philip to one of the things that you talked about was sort of getting everybody together and governments together and you know certain bodies together to talk about it do you think there's a desire from you know these types of bodies these types of governments you know people in general that want to see this change coming through or is there something underlying that that's sort of feeding this almost well i think it's a lack of understanding from the government's perspective because in the uk they had an inquiry a parliamentary inquiry about uh, this crisis in the video game industry where children were, were buying these packs by the thousands you know um there was i think there was a case where a kid spent like five thousand pounds of his mum's money in a day buying these packs on a game because it's you know it's like seven pounds to get some points and then these points go away really quickly and it's based on a random number generated system so it's heavily weighted into the, the gaming company's favor to buy more of these packs and in the parliamentary review it was they, they got the gaming companies to come and they discussed but it was i'll be honest with you, it, was, it, was a little, it was a little crap because the the gaming company skirted around everything. They were like, oh no, we have these safe implementations, whatever. For this game, I'm using an example, I won't mention the game, but three-year-olds can play this game. A right. three-year-old could buy a pack. Like, oh, come on, the, the kid's gambling at age three. Mm. Um, and the kid doesn't understand the gambling. If for them, it's just like, oh, get a boofer and whatever. And the parliamentary review ended up, nothing happened. Like, there was no enforcement on these video games. There's been, there was even going to be more stricter regulations on us as the gambling industry off the back of this in a way uh, where these Twitch um, TV bans came in for underage, which I totally agree. Uh, you know, you need to age gate this kind of content. But again, it's one of those where we have no control over the video game industry and we're getting tighter and tighter and tighter on regulations. And then we have parents complaining about this kind of underage gambling but there's nothing we can physically do and they, they even had a parliamentary review about it and nothing happened because the video game companies can twist it to the way they're saying they're playing a the game they're not gambling well, they are if you're buying a pack and you're basically gambling on the outcome of this pack to get a great player or a great boost if you're going or whatever the outcome you want is and you don't get it and you get a rubbish reward and you go and sell this player for virtual coins or you sell this item for virtual coins and then basically repeat the process getting a great player I, I've bought these packs in the past. I, I buy these packs now, but I'm an adult. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. Children don't. They just see it as a way to boost their game. And parents have started to realise, you know, how expensive this is. You know, we've seen a lot of, as Christian mentioned in the press, where even on freemium games on mobile, um, kids have racked up ten grand bills buying extra lives or whatever to boost the gameplay in this game. And then the parent gets a bill, and the, basically the parents screwed. They can't put. They have four ten grand. It's yeah. the same equivalent of someone going to lose 10 grand playing online gambling, betting or playing slots or sports bets or whatever. It's the same equivalent. If they lose 10 grand there and they can't afford it, they can't afford it and they still got yeah. to pay. So yeah. again, it's it's they've tried to do this um, legislation or government bodies to review, but the, the people reviewing this didn't understand what they were doing. They didn't understand the issue. They were asking questions to these video gaming executives or freemium executives and even gambling industry um, experts but they didn't know what they were talking about. So how can someone investigate something they have no clue on and expect to get an outcome at all? Like, it's, it's just it's just doesn't work. They need to have industry professionals from both sides of the fence to do these bodies.
Yeah. It feels almost like these uh, companies, they're protected behind their terms and conditions where they, they put the blame on the parents uh, if they give them access. Uh, whereas we as the, uh, the gambling sphere has more strict rules uh, for age verification. You can't just, you know, your parents vote for you that you're 18. Um, so this, I think this is one of the things that needs to be looked into this industry as well, to make sure that the age regulation um, is not just put on the parents, it's actually put on the companies itself as well, to make sure that everybody who plays their games, be it social, be it video games, uh, be it um, a slot game, take the responsibility and make sure it doesn't reach vulnerable people, especially people underage. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I, I think the audience want to, to sort of to sort of hear sort of different sides of the view. If you're going into a shop and you're buying a game that you know is 18 plus, mm-hmm. you know, invariably we've all been there, right? In in all of the, the the game shops, you know, when you see kids that go in that clearly are not 18 and they're buying an 18s game, right? One, the retailer is selling them that game right knowing full well that the content in there is 18 plus how do you then physically from a from a pure game perspective stop these underage kids that are going in buying it and actually playing the content yes i mean if you look at our games it's age verification right unless you put your your name in it you know this that and the other your age you can't get in and play the games but for these what would you perceive would be the sort of steps that these guys could take to physically stop underage people playing these types of games and buying them i think it's it's from all angles because at the moment everywhere from the ground up there's a laissez-faire attitude towards this this issue with yeah. gambling in in video games um people don't want to see it until they get the bill when it comes to violence or sexual content yeah they, they they're, they're all totally against that and you know 18 yeah. and stuff but again it comes from the ground up the retail the parents because I'm, I'm not gonna lie i played games that were 18 rated when i was like seven but again these games did not have these packs or anything like that these only started coming into effect when i was around 12 13 14 um and even then it was still very much early days came more prevalent in, in my 20s anyway um but, but i think that's it just evolved with the social media sphere of the way the internet has evolved in the last 10 years yeah. however retailers to be fair they do normally age gate you but if the parents is parents with you they, they don't obviously they just just get it so i think it's one parents shouldn't really let the kids buy 18 rated content because again you know it's that but again you know do you want to play a single play it they want to play it they want to play it um, doesn't matter. You film that's eighteen, they'll see it. Does it? Doesn't matter. Yep. And with with other games that are rated three years old plus, you know the, the kids can play it from three years old. It's fine. That kid can go in that store at four, re- 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 theoretically, and buy that game. Um, I there has to be some sort of protection in place where if they know the user is underage, under eighteen, because you can tell by the username or whatever, a system needs to be in place where. It flags this person as under age 18, they cannot buy this content. Mm. Um, I remember with my, the big thing for me when I was growing up in the, in the new online sphere with the Xbox 360, for instance, or the PS3, DLC was a thing like, you know, downloadable content where you buy an expansion for your game. But that was boosting your player experience in terms of, you know, you can get 100 hours extra gameplay. We seem to have gone away from that. In, in the video game industry and we've moved on to this pack system where it's just machine gunning content out f- for cheap and just buying 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 so i think quality is i think that's that's caused this issue uh, it's quantity of quality but yeah. again it's it's every 
slight stretch of the being in, in this industry it's the parents it's the company who makes the games it's the service provider the console provider and it's also the government and regulation bodies they all have to agree well the parents not so much obviously but they all have to agree that you know this is the way we go forward and they all have to stick to it like they, yeah. they agreed the age rating in video games like that's not a mandatory government thing that was actually the video game industry coming together and you know deciding the age ratings and you know we need this in place because they weren't a thing up until I think the mid 90s at all and they all agreed upon that so they need to do something similar about this but again it's making them so much money if they don't have to why will they do it it's like any company on the planet if you're making a ton of money doing something that no one is pushing you to stop it's going to keep doing it and do you think this change because it is quite a as you said, it's quite a, a seismic shift from just like, you know, you can go in, you can expand the game, you can improve your gamer experience. As you said, you get more hours, you can do more stuff, you know, you end up playing the game longer. Do you think the change now, which is incorporating this like gambling-like elements, right? Such as the loot boxes and all the microtransactions, all that sort. Do you think that's changing video games is actually harming the overall iGaming's ecosystem itself then long-term if changes aren't made now? Well, I've seen I've seen some really disgusting practices happen. Um, this was a few years ago, one example where it was a big streamer. I'm not going to mention his name because you could literally Google the details from what I'm telling you and you'll find you'll find an article about this guy. And he basically, with another uh, YouTuber, uh, he was one of those like virtual sports playing YouTubers, and he set up this site where they could uh, gamble for these packs, basically, or skins or whatever for another game and he was advertising it in a way that it wasn't gambling and the UKGC found out and they went after him big time um, he got fined he actually I think his fine was actually 200,000 pound because he was promoting and gambling to children right and his, his case was I wasn't doing it I was just promoting this site where they could go get these packs and stuff but to be fair from the way this guy was defending himself I actually generally believe he thought he was not promoting gambling. He hundred percent was. He was making money from it and everything, um, and he got fined accordingly. And he barely escaped prison time. For me, someone like that is disgusting. He deliberately his audience is mainly like underage people. He targeted them. It was disgusting. As soon as I found, as soon as I seen the video and I seen the site, I was like, "This is gambling." Like mm-hmm. it's hundred percent obvious. So it's again, it's the perception around it because people, as long as they can get away with it, they'll do it. But since he got absolutely crucified by the UKTC and they went the legal route, which totally I agree with, and they did a really good job bringing this guy to prosecution, we don't see that many sites in the UK like that anymore because it put the fear of God into people in other countries that still exist. But in the yeah. UK, they put the fear of God into people, and that's what the UKTC is for. That's the only time I've seen the UKTC do something like this um, in terms of this sphere of like um, pack. And they, they did a mass, massively great job. And unfortunately, we could have you know, used that as a platform, but it, it just didn't progress further. Um, but yeah, so when, it, when the authorities do enforce these rules and regulations for underage gambling, they do a really good job. Just staying on the uh, topic around the sort of streaming. Um, and again, I know we've talked about it in previous episodes about streaming um, and all the recent sort of legislations changing and all that sort of stuff. Do you think a lot of these changes in the legislation is actually going to physically help um, this sort of online gambling industry through streamers. For Twitch, it will uh, probably not help that much. Uh, well, it will help the, the, 
the underage gambling, of course, uh, because yeah. age verification and all this. Um, I see a lot of the, the casino uh, streamers now moving more to YouTube, uh, where they very verify um, age and all that. So yeah. I think we'll see a shift moving forward. Uh, I'm your Twitch, Twitch and all these other channels for streaming are great, um, especially for for. Children who wants to, to, to see other people play and all these things—that's a new craze now. However, the people who promote uh, these pack changer, pack buys, and, and loot boxes, as, as we mentioned before, they, these are the ones I think they need, really need to, to push out uh, out of the, the, the ecosystem to have it over there. Um, it is very important to make sure that everybody who, who is who is um, watching these videos are aware of what they're watching and what the content is because we can sometimes we can watch a, 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 a movie and there's underlying messages like commercials and all this so, so it's how to angle their streams as well yeah. uh, so i definitely think that there needs to be some form of governing body having a look uh, at this as well uh, same as we have for online gambling um, as soon as we do something there is always someone straight away looking over us that's why we always make sure to to abide all rules uh, and try to protect all players as much as possible um, and I think that's the main thing that these companies need to focus on moving forward um, to make sure that everybody is safe and that we have a good, um, the gaming realm is good for everybody. Yeah, let me just say this as well, Christian, to you, right? So if, if you shut one area down, right, you improve regulation, you've got tons of oversight that are looking over it, Will there always just be a natural feeling for some of these guys that are going to try and take advantage just to move to another platform? How do we or how do you guys, again, this is for the two of you as well, ever going to get to a point that there is enough oversight and there is enough regulation to stop some of this underage stuff, whether it be streamers or games or whatever else? Could we ever see that happening or do you think it'll always people will just find another way? Do you know what I mean? It's a tough question there, Matt. Uh, there's a lot of changes coming. Uh, many of them are there to protect players, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, however, yeah. with some of the regulations, I think they are going a little bit overboard. Um, but still, right. they should always protect the players. As Philip said as well, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. So I feel like it's always going to be that kind of, they'll just they'll find a way. However, then it's the job of the regulators and the governments in various places to then find a way to... F- beat them again it's the same with criminal activity they'll always find a way and then the you know the, the local police force will find a way to beat them again and then so on and so on and unfortunately at the moment uh instead of a cat like cat and mouse it's actually like tom and jerry where tom was getting absolutely smoked by jerry and he's so far behind so unfortunately the reg- regulations and, and the government industries and freemium need to catch up because yeah. it is like it's like looking at tom and jerry at the moment it needs to be a proper cat and mouse game but at the moment it's just tom getting the mick take out of him by uh everything that's going on but again it's about perception and i think perception is slowly changing towards this underage gambling thing in video games i think more people are becoming concerned by it and we're seeing a lot more activity in the press and the government inquiry in the uk for instance that i spoke about Yes, it didn't progress things by leaps and bounds, but it's a sign that things are starting to progress into a way where they are seriously looking at this now and not just dancing around the issue. That was actually going to lead into my last question because really, you know, do you think things have improved preventing kids? Do you think, you know, yes, we've talked about the sizable shift and things are improving, but, you know, do you think over the coming years we're going to see some massive shift now that 
so many people, governments, regulators are looking to approve it. Do you think we will see over the next couple of years, like we've seen over the last 20 years, a massive sizable shift to make sure that kids are protected? So, so with the like with our industry, um, it's become leaps and bounds, as I said, in, in the past 20 years. Yeah. It's, it's like snowballed so, so much and it's great. Don't get me wrong, there's some stuff we need to fix as well. Um, but we're, you know, doing this every day, we're, we're thinking of new ways to protect the player or, or to improve stuff like this. However, with with video games, it's never really been enforced in the industry. As I said, the age gating for their video games, like the 18 plus ratings, they're enforced by the industry themselves, not by a government body. Certain yeah. countries do enforce. Um, I think Australia is one of them where certain games will not make the cut regardless. So again, it depends on countries, but most European countries don't, unless it's a really controversial topic like um, Germany, for instance, with anything to do with uh, the time of World War Two. That uh, doesn't make it visually into video games. Um, but I feel like the industry still needs to police itself like we do as well. And I think a regulator is, uh, may pop up eventually for the video game industry because video game industry, if if you look at the video games in what, the 70s, the, compared to where it is now, it's ridiculous. Mm. That, yes, that yeah. advance in 50 years is, is nuts. Crazy. And yeah. it's advanced so much in the past 10 years that I think everyone's still playing catch up with how it's how it exploded because online gaming is a thing if i go back 15 years ago online gaming was near enough still dial up and you know we were trying to figure out what it is <laughs> now yep. it's massive so I, I feel like everyone's trying to catch up with that and social media at the same time and it's, you know youtube and twitch all this is happening at once and it still affects and the intertwine each other so I feel like everyone's still playing, as I said, the catch-up game. I think once everyone has played the catch-up game and, and caught up, I think we can see some improvements. But again, it has to be a will from all parties to progress this forward. Because until this is sorted, it's it's just going to get worse. And I don't want it to see it go where gambling was, you know, 30 to 40 years ago, where it was kind of like the Wild West, where it's not yeah. now, you know. But video games could end up going to the Wild West kind of scenario. Because um, that's... Well, unfortunately, these packs going, you know, people are promoting these packs, people are promoting illegal ways to buy coins for the service to buy these packs um, that the service provider deems illegal and they ban accounts. But in reality, it's not. It's just because they're not getting the money. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so complicated, but it needs to be policed. You know, it's, it's a massive income stream of billions probably now. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Very much. Well, that's as well. But we, we as well, we, we try always to make sure that we are responsible and, and help these charities that are out there to help these uh, uh, vulnerable people. Um, I think that's the mo most responsible step we can take from a gambling uh, industry point of view at the moment, because we yep. can't really go into the video game industry. It's not really our or the social as social casino aspect. Uh, so from our end, we try to support all the charities to make sure that that's, that they are set up and and that they can help the people that need the help. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, for instance, as an, from an operator standpoint, not, not a provider like we are, if a player contacts an operator and says, I have a problem with my gambling, the operator will help them. They'll help them close their account. They'll recommend some charities, places they can go counseling and, and stop gambling and recommend things like Gamban, which is a really good piece of software that if you download it onto your devices, it will physically stop you from gambling on anything wow. um, because it blocks all the sites. So it'll do it on your PC, it'll do it on your mobile phone, and it's really hard to get rid of like the software because you can set it for like a year. So there's things in place in the gambling industry that intertwine and help a player stop gambling. 
don't get me wrong, some players will just carry on and not admit the problem and it's the operator's job to try and detect it. But again, there's no perfect system to detect that. Whereas with the video game industry, if a player contacted the, you know, the provider of the game, nine times out of ten, they will care. We've seen yep. lots of controversial things within <laughs> within the video yeah. game industry where players have been ripped off on launch day for items they were going to buy like for 70 you know pounds or euros or whatever and it was like the lowest quality thing in the universe so they just do everything to get money in the door if a player contacts them they just they don't get hurt they like so what you lost you lost money gambling well not gambling because they won't see it as gambling but you lost money buying our packs we didn't make you buy the packs they, 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 they don't care they don't care yeah. at all so the video game is com- until the video game companies start caring about this topic they're not going to help the player they don't, they don't care well, so we do see some changes for definite. Um, so, awesome. All right, well, listen, uh, the two of you, pleasure as always. Thank you very much indeed for, for taking the time out this morning to, to grab your opinions. It's been brilliant. Um, everybody, stay safe. Have a great Christmas and New Year. And uh, the following podcast will be first week in, in January. So everybody stay safe over the Christmas period. And uh, we'll see you in the New Year, guys. All right. So take see care. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.